Gotta get out of this town, a 2000 pop punk anima pop retrospective. I am as always Elaine, and with me there are a bunch of people. Hello, I woke up in a car. I'm Sybil. Hello, I woke up to singing at 5 a.m. I'm Adam. And we have a guest. Introduce yourself, guest. Hello. I woke up in Australia. I'm L. <laughs> that explains a lot. It really does. Uh, I stream, I do like the usual internet stuff because everyone does it. Uh, I also host a podcast called Check This Out, where it's just a discussion of positivity in media. Just what do you like? Tell me about it. That type of thing. And I'm also on the Final Show Films Actual Play series, doing a variety of uh, tabletop RPGs. Cool. And you know what will not be a discussion of positivity in media? This episode, because Something Corporate is back. Yay! Do you all remember Something Corporate from the last episode we talked about? Was it? I here? I don't know. Honestly. I was. I don't think I was. You, I hated the first, the second, I guess, record of Something Corporate. Um, I think you terrible. were harsher on it than me. It was a very 90s pop record, and this is less so. This is more of a 2000 pop record, and I still dislike it, but it's better than the previous one. Mm-hmm. So I I just had to backscroll through the chat to find it. I first heard about it on the 15th of March, 2023, at 3.52am. <laughs> yes, when I was like, this is the record we're doing for this podcast. And, uh, yeah. To be fair, this is how most of the Gotta Get Out of This Town experience is. So, yeah, none of us has experience with this record previously. Um, This sounds like a lot of pop at the time, like pop rock and alternative, like popular alternative stuff. Uh, And yeah, do do we have some history about something corporate, Cyril? Yes, we do. The last time. I know this album album is called North, by the way. We forgot to say that. Oh, yeah, that was that. one sentence into this, but. The last time we encountered something corporate, they had released a terrible EP and then had their mainstream breakthrough with Leaving Through the Window, a record that made all of us very angry, but it existed and people liked it. About a year later, they released their follow-up, Today's Record, North. As you may imagine, given that barely a year has passed since the last time we saw them, there's not much to report. 
Uh, lead singer Andrew McMahon said he wished for North to be a winter album, which is in contrast to a downer album, which is what Leaving Through the Window was. But this does not have Christmas bell samples or jingling tambourines on it, so it's hard to say how much that succeeded. What is important is that they had a significant downgrade in terms of promotion. Their previous record was released by MCA in collaboration with Geffen, as Geffen had a deal with MCA that allowed the latter to publish and distribute some of the band's records. But in 2003, MCA was absorbed by Universal Records. As a result, a significant part of its roster and staff moved permanently to Geffen, including something corporate. Uh, this caused a large amount of chaos during the recording sessions, and there's a somewhat infamous email from this wherein the upper management just says, look, everyone keep doing what you're doing for now, because whatever changes happen, there's nothing you can do anything about, and we don't know what they'll be yet. So just keep making money until you stop getting paid. Fair. Uh, therefore, this record is a purely Geffen plus drive through records joint, and their logos are all around the one video on this album, and none of the major label support they had experienced with their previous record comes to bear. That said, while the record releases to a tepid reception from critics, it does have some pretty alright commercial results, peaking at 24 on the Billboard Top 200, and with the single Space getting alternative airplay. The second single was Ruthless, I've actually heard this one, but unlike Space, there was no video for it. The video for Space premiered through the OC, because this is 2003, and we are in the pure era of the OC being a major hitmaker in the Western world. Not the OC. Also, like, this, this band sounds like the OC. Like, this was the music that played on the OC. This it kind of does, music was, now yeah. that you mention mm -hmm. it. Yeah, this is like uh, full OC core right there. <laughs> Uh, uh, was it was there something in the news in the United States that maybe missed us down here? Because, like, my first thought about it was like, man, have these guys just been drinking radioactive waste and they're trying to learn how their jaws work now? Uh, <laughs> you did not hear, I presume, their prior record, which is very faithfully enunciated in all of its performance. So yeah, it was a recent thing then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they had some of that radium water and it uh, carved through their jawbones. That's one mm -hmm. for the history buffs. I, I I hope this is not problematic and I don't have to say oh, it. Yeah, I'm it's done. not problematic, it's horrifying. <laughs> okay, that that's fine. I'm fine yeah. with horrifying. It's actual history, don't worry. Uh, looking back on it in 2010, Partington said the group were frustrated with the album's lack of success. We had put in all this hard work and we were doing everything we could, but it felt like certain parts of the whole machine weren't necessarily working in our favor. Ellie, this is your take. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that you were going to say that. No, take responsibility. Look, I just think that they should have gone to try to go Christian rock. Like, their sound is already, like, 80% there. It does there. sound like there's a rock. It yes! super does. I actually am shocked that it is not. Yeah, they could have opened for Reliant K. Imagine the privilege there. Um, 
But there is specifically, like, I think in the song there's a line that's like, I wish I believed in God because blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh. Oh, I missed that Yeah, I was expecting this to be a Christian rock record because they do sound like dollars to Reliant K sometimes. The piano gives them that vibe. There is piano all over this record. I think the worst thing that you can say about this band is that Midway through the first track, I went and actively listened to a Reliant K track. They made me want to listen Ooh. to Reliant K. My word. Oh my gosh. The artificial intelligence that they were, uh, uh, they fed it Reliant K to get the sound. <laughs> Anyhow, continue, please. Uh, the band will perform their not quite, but basically final tour. With the Prescription Bandits, May, and Days Away, which is a very weird lineup. Uh, that would be a show to see. Rx Bandits are a good band. They're mm-hmm. sort of like progiska. Um, oh, I'm aware. Mm-hmm. And May is like underrated. May had some good tracks. Uh, so yeah, I'm mad, mad to go to the show. Um, do we want to go right now in the ad format? Because, spoiler alert, this is the last record by the band Something Corporate. And I feel we can, before we talk about the record, we can talk about briefly about what they did after that. We may as well. I referenced the fact that they broke up multiple times in my notes. Mm-hmm. I met her in a room of strangers Laughing as I painted her with wine Now we meet in darkest places More sacred than any place you and I could ever find just like you on the sweeter just like you more refined just like you without the bitter unlike you she never lied it's fresh touch a new way language so The band goes on hiatus at the end of the year, and Andrew McMahon forms a side project named Jack's Mannequin with their guitar player and their former guitar player. So he basically just takes away half of the group. It's like a guitar player multiverse. It's like the Spider-Man movie. Into the guitar-verse. We'll brush over that really quickly since we are going to visit Jack's Mannequin in future. But, uh... Partington also leaves the band and forms the band Firescape. Their 2007 album Dancehall Apocalypse is not available on Spotify, but apparently they sound like a gritty, dark reboot of something corporate. If anything, Partington's voice is better than McMahon's. In 2006, a new album was teased that never existed, but all throughout the decade they will reunite for short tours and live appearances here and there. In 2010, they release a Greatest Hits compilation, which is very strange given that I guess they had six singles total, but they had one successful major label record, and most of their long recurring legacy comes from being on TV dramas. It's very bizarre. The final show of Andrew McBann's In the Wilderness 2022 Hello Gone Days tour, what a fucking mouthful, uh, takes place on September 9th, 2022 in Anaheim, California, and was a celebration of McMahon's 40th birthday. 
As part of the show, a surprise Something Corporate reunion was staged where McMahon, Kevin Page, Brian Ireland, Josh Partington, and William Tell played a five-song set with Wilderness member Zach Clark sitting in on keys. Their guitar player, William Tell, who you just heard mentioned, goes on to his own unremarkable solo career. I like the song Like You Only Sweeter from the history 2007 record just because it's like, it's a something corporate song and then there's bits from other genre just smashed into it. And it's like, it's a very awkward song. I like that it exists. Hmm. Brian Ireland will join a band called Streamline, of which none of us were able to find any info. It doesn't seem to have music we can conclusively say is his online. I found found other bands named Streamline, of which I could find music, but not the specific one, which is always the best thing. And there's apparently a Brian Ireland on Instagram making electronic music now, but it may just be a same-name situation. Turns out Brian Ireland is not the hardest name to come by. Kevin Page became CEO... Kevin Page became the COO of recording studio Procraft Media and has worked there for 14 years. Unlike everyone else, he does not have a Spotify, but instead a LinkedIn page. Yeah, it seems to be doing all right. Crazy. <laughs> he became something corporate. Just rub it right into the crayon. God damn it! You stepped on my joke and then stole it. Sorry. Hmm. <laughs> and apparently the band is going to do another reunion show as part of the 2023 When We Were Young Nostalgia Festival in Las Vegas. Ellie tried to talk me into going to we that. Would, we would I'm pay you for it, Sebon. I mean, we'll pay your ticket. Out of what? I don't know. I, I have a job. I can pay your like ticket. Early 2000s. How is that when anyone was young? Like, my bones hurt. Yeah, same. Well, Adam wasn't born yet. I, I was a toddler. And uh, and Sebon was in her mid-40s uh, during the 2000s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is, so I guess now we talk about the record, which is less interesting than this whole history. <laughs> this this could have been just an episode about DOC, honestly. This could have been our special episode where we review DOC. Look, I can still open a wiki no, and just pull I, I up think random we should episodes. Do a spin-off podcast where we do a whole OC. Goodbye. Thing. I'm quitting. Yeah. It was nice knowing you. <laughs> How? I was about to say, how little do you want to discuss an hour-long Quite drama? Quite little. Very I, I would little. Lo- I, would, I, I would love to, to do, like, a... I would love to do a no retrospective. Ellie, I will kill you. Look. Look. <laughs> Have you even seen the OC before, Ellie? I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why, that's why. if you just split the difference and uh, just review that Dear Sister sketch over and over? And and then, like, when we're done with DOC, we can do, like, Dawson's Creek and shit. Episode 42, The Malpisode. A postcard from Zack comes in between Seth and Summer's relationship. The Fantastic Four spend their day and night at the mall doing some charity work, providing Ryan and Marissa with apt distraction from the issues of their love lives. 
Marissa begins hiding things from Alex when she spends a night with Ryan. Meanwhile, Julie and Kirsten await the new editor of Newport Living, but Julie gets distracted when someone from her past shows up looking for her. I mean, look, this, yeah, this just sounds like a soap, which is fine. It is. I would, I would, it is. I would, it was a team I, soap. I, yeah, I would watch one of those. As, as mentioned, we could do Dawson's Creek after it. Um, also, I think there was like an hour. I think I've watched multiple video essays about DOC when I had what? nothing to watch. Yeah. There, there was like one video essay about like the music of DOC and another video essay about DOC itself. And another video essay, because apparently there's a nerdy character in DOC, and that video essay was arguing that the nerdy character made, like, being a nerd, like, cool and accepted in society. That was, um, that was an- another bad thing that DOC did to us. Um, so, yeah. The only reason why I haven't been banging my head on my desk repeatedly because of this conversation is because I don't want Ellie to have to edit out the sounds, but I just need you to know that that is what I would be doing. If I could. I mean, I I will quite happily go on record and say it is the official opinion of this podcast that nerds have never been cool. No, no. I mean, and it's not a bad thing. Like, I'm a nerd and I'm extremely uncool and I think it's fine. Um, I embrace the Lutherness here. I could, I could just blip the whole episode and then I don't have to edit it. Just two hours of bleep. As you bleep, the first track on North. Yeah, we need to uh, talk about we? this record. Uh, sorry, Al, I invited you as a guest in one of the most boring thing <laughs> we've done, like, in, <laughs> in a while. Uh, we start with As You Sleep. As You Sleep. As You, that, as you that Sleep. Thing. I cannot talk <laughs> it. As You Slap. Sleep. Slap. Slap you blap. Close your eyes and I will be swimming. Lullabies fill your room and I will be singing the center of. Yeah, this is a band with a piano, which generally, like, it's something that I like, but they're not as good as Reliant K, which is, yeah. which is like, something that I just <laughs> yeah, said. something you just said with your mouth. So this, this, is, this, is the track, this is the track that made me go to listen to Be My Escape by Reliant K, which I think is still the best song Reliant K has done. Um, I was like, oh, well, this is kind of pleasant. And then I kept listening to it, and I was like, oh, there's something off about this. So to me, what it feels like is if someone put like a bunch of like Christian rock and pop punk and fed it through an artificial intelligence and then had the artificial intelligence spit out good music and it spit out this. And that's what this is. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Sibyl, what do you think about uh, As You Speak? Uh, I'll get to my thoughts on it in a moment. 
I think an easy summary for those who do not listen to the albums along with us is Genius generally has a you-might-also-like function on each track. It will usually be three tracks by the band. In this case, it's two-something corporate tracks and Eat Your Young by Hozier. Oh, I that like Hozier. I don't know that specific song, but I like the, that one song that sounds like Mr. Blue Sky. Hmm. What's well, the name of that song? Take Me to Church? Oh no, wait. I'm, I'm Are you confused. thinking of an entirely different band? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking uh, of the Hoosiers. Or whatever you however you pronounce that. Yeah, that those would be the Hoosiers, Quite. not Hosier. Yes. <laughs> Worried about Ray is a fantastic pop song. Yeah. So we kick off with uh, the vocals instantly reminding me of the last album. They have not improved. But everything else, I think, has improved. This sounds less dated than the previous album, which is... I was yeah. actually going to say, uh, a rare phrase to drop, the piano gives this energy. Yeah, I agree. I like piano. I like piano in my whiny rock music. But the lyrics are pretty creepy. It's supposed to be about a fan hearing your music and nodding off to your tracks, but... Uh, we're at the murder counter of one question mark, based on the chorus and the bridge. Because soon I'll be leaving you, but you won't be leaving me is some serial killer bullshit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, the bridge makes it worse. Don't forget I'll hold your head. Watch the night sky fade to red. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is it too light to back yet? Presumably it's talking about the sunrise, but... Well, because you're um, bleeding out over your vision. Well, you see, I think top something corporate scholar on Genius, Gracefully Punk, who over 10% of their contributions to the site are just something corporate tracks, has something to say about that. She can be your pop punk princess if you'll be her Americana king. What? I know that song. You remind me of that song. That's the profile <laughs> lyric. Okay, we found we found the person the song is about, and somehow they're still alive. Oh, I think you're gonna hate. I think you're gonna hate the second highest contributor to something corporate. Yes. User account good Apollo four. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Coheed and Cambria connection. No. Yep. Not not again. <laughs> I can't go back. Do you know how many of these little things I keep in my pocket just in case an episode gets dull? It's great. It's great. <laughs> to distract us from all of this, Al, do you have anything about this song? Any thoughts? Anything at all to distract us? I, yeah, I, I find it interesting that like everyone's talking about the lyrics because it's like there's half of a, a song there and the, it just sounded incomplete. It's like, yeah, the rest of the, the song... Is that coming? No, we're finished. Okay. There are a couple tracks on this that have that. I don't think this is one of them, but I know where you're coming from. Because it's track. like I'm listening along. It's like, okay, you're getting to halfway through the line. No, you're on to the next. What? Go. Where's the rest of the words? You can say words, I assume. But I guess evidently not. Nope. Yeah. Uh, no, the rest of the words were missing because 
the the killing got done and then they had nothing left to say. Yeah, no one likes the cleanup phase. Uh, the next song is Ask Peace, which is the single and the song that was on DOC. Spanish Love Songs recently released a cover of uh, The Killer Song, which is pretty good. Which The Killer Song? Nice. There were a few. Uh, Spaceman. Let's see. <laughs> I don't remember the title. Uh, I'm huh? not a big The Killer fan. I'm not a big The Killer fan. It's my, Smile Like You Mean It. That's a good Oh, cover. okay. Oh. I'm gonna drop it here. Sure, I'll listen to that when we're done. Uh, Space is the only track on the album that has a video, as we mentioned. It is the band playing in a black room being CG'd onto an art installation of cubes in random SoCal city areas. Uh, I believe they used regions which are shot in the OC itself. There is a lot of blatant advertising in the video via a Rush Hour 1 poster and the drive through Records logo everywhere they could fit it. Hmm. It's, uh, it's a very scant, inoffensive song, despite the fact that the title and a couple of lyrics are talking about space as in on the moon. The whole track is just, hey, yo, move over, I'm tired, I, I need some space. And the lyrics can be taken as a choke play song, which is what I decided to do. What? I was with you until that bit, what? <laughs> Give me space so I can breathe. Give me space so you can drown in this with me. I just need one inch. Yeah, it's just give a little less, give a little less on my throat. Then I can breathe. And this is why we have Sybil on the podcast. Um, That's not even the worst thing I could say, but let's not quote the songs they suggest based off of this one, which include a very infamous Tyler, the creator track. They're not the only, I'm not the only oh. one seeing it. <laughs> uh, I see it. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm not the only one reading choke play into this. Well, let's talk about so let's, let's not talk about that. So, um, <laughs> I was just going to say, so yeah, it is the only one with the video, which makes sense because it was the single apparently. But they look exactly like I would have thought they looked based off the the first track. It's like, oh yeah, no, that's totally what these guys look like. Uh, to be fair, Andrew McMahon looks way better in the video than on its uh, Wikipedia pic on something corporate, so that's that. I think the glasses work for him. Uh, and something has, corporate uh, is not a band that surprises you. Yeah. He has a... I don't know if I'm misremembering the video. Does he have a Sam from Supernatural haircut in that video? Yes. A little bit. Okay. Little bit. Okay. It's early season, Sam. Yeah, it's season one, Sam. It's season one, Sam haircut. <laughs> Before he got fit and still had to try and reason why he was a bit of a weird nerd sometimes. Yeah. Also, I can't believe I watched all of the Winchesters. How was it? It was okay. It's... 
I look forward to seeing if they give it a second season, because that might actually bring it up to, all right, we're in good, comfortable trash tier again. But you just have um, uh, Bobby and one of the boys just constantly narrating over it. Bobby and Dean, just for the whole season? And then it's like... And then that finally comes to something in the end, and it's like, oh, well, all right. Will you get to go anywhere with this? Sure, let's find out. Okay. Uh, Anyhow, Space sounds like... (sighs) This sounds like they were trying to do, like, um, Bleed American kind of mainstream rock song, like something like Jimmy Edward was doing at the time, but not nearly... They don't they don't have a lot of control of the pop medium. They're not great at tunes. Like none of this is catchy. Like this is not a horrible song. Like theoretically this song could be good, but it's not catchy. It doesn't have enough energy. The the piano is works less on this. Like it has this little tune 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 which is, has adds a bit of darkness to the song. Which I don't think the songs need. Um, I don't know. I like the bridge that gets incredibly bad. I think that's like a fantastic idea on the song. Uh, I think everything else doesn't work. And a lot of this record really doesn't work because they're not that good at writing pop songs. Which is not bad if you're trying to do something else. But they're really trying to write pop songs. And they don't have that catchiness. They don't have that energy. And I think that's why a lot of this record failed for me. But yeah, space, that's not it for me. Uh, To wrap, I do have one genius said it best annotation. Because from the start, the discerning ear can tell that this is a Josh Partington song rather than an Andrew song, as Josh is more likely to integrate as many rhymes as possible and conclude his line with a rhyme, while Andrew will vary his rhyme structure much more and sometimes ignore it entirely. Sure. Why not? That's by our favorite contributor, Gracefully Punk, the expert. We should invite Gracefully Punk to an episode. Uh, I'll do it. When we get to to, to Jack's mannequin. Let's do it. I mean, with this one, it sounded... I I find it interesting that you're a little bit down on it, because for me, it's uh, the rest of the band actually turned up for this one. From from what I could hear, and it made it actually sound like music, but the, the <laughs> ending sort of came out of nowhere and just stopped. Yeah, so this is more guitar centering than a lot of their tracks, which I think yeah, it's good overall. I I still think it doesn't work as a song, but yeah. Uh, and then we go to. I also wanted to mention that uh, I tried something different from this record and played the whole rec and listened to the whole record while playing Vip Ribbon. Um, this was a sort of, like, my rating for this song on Vibribbon is a 4 out of 10. It was sort of awkward. Um, it had a lot of, uh, combination presses, uh, and they were very different. Like, you know, in Vibribbon you have the normal presses and the combination one, and this song mixed a lot of combination presses, which confused me a lot. Uh, so yeah, this is a 4 out of 10, uh, as a Vibribbon yeah. song. <laughs> I don't mean this to be a burn, but does anyone on this podcast other than Ellie and I know what Vibribbon is? No. Okay, I knew there was going to be one no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, Vibribbon is a very 
It's one of the first ga rhythm game that allowed you to use your own music in it for the PSX. It's a very charming and sort of bad game. It's one of those games that I will incredibly appreciate for its vibe and for it, what it's trying to do and it was ahead of its time. Does it sort of suck to play it? Yes, it does. Oh, that one. Yeah, I remember seeing the ads for that when it was coming out. Yeah, it's the little wireframe ribbon. It's yeah. a little funny thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, it got more of a push in. I knew what it was, but I didn't know what it was called. Anyhow. Next up, we have Down. Get drunk, you can drive us to the harbor Wish upon a star, but do you know what stars are? Balls on fire, burning up the black space Falling from the landscape, exploding in the face of God Let's get crazy, talk about our big Places that you're going, places that I haven't been. Build my walls up, concrete castle. Keep this kingdom free of hassle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my first note on this is Christian rock, rock ass song. <laughs> God damn it. I liked it. Did you? Mm -hmm. I sort of hate it. I mean, okay, so the, it has a chorus with a little falsetto voice, which is something that I will always appreciate, where it goes a little bit high in the bit of the song. Um, I, I also think this is a very 23-year-old trying-to-pick-on-a-girl kind of song, which makes it a bit cringe. This is purely okay C-tier emo, by which I mean winter music, which is the genre they classified this album as. Mm -hmm. Correct. But the the whole thing is just, ah, oh, we, we had plans and it all fell apart and you've left me lonely. However, it's not the worst. As Ellie said on the first track, the band is showing up this time and really elevating everything that isn't the lyrics, so... For what it's worth, it's a solid Vibribbon track. This one is one of the most fun tracks to play in Vibribbon, so sure, why not? I, I barely noticed that it had finished because of how nothing it was. Down is one of the most skippable tracks on the album because it is just... I think that's why I liked it. It was just like a little bit more... a, a little bit less than a lot of the rest of the album. And I was like, oh, this is actually pleasant. This sounds like every other fucking band that was on the OC. Says the woman who hasn't watched the this OC. Is just like that she watched of... the video essay on the music. She's an expert. I am aware of it. I watched the video essay on the music. I also remember the ads. So don't, <gasps> don't make fun of me. I was alive when the OC was going on, and I, I remember all of the ads, and I remember that were was all shit like this, and it blends together. I... Me. Do you remember who died in the earthquake, Ellie? Do you remember who died in the earthquake? 
If you tell me that I need to know who died in the earthquake, that's just an opening for me to do the OC podcast. I will disappear off the face of the earth so fast. I will I will find you and I will bring you to our OC podcast. So what we should do is we'll let them go off and record about the OC. You and I will just have to team up on something like Let the Blood Run Free, which is a very weird Aussie show. Ashes, this is Batrock. Uh, it's harder than everything else, and uh, I appreciate them trying to do something different, but I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> it was so repetitive. Uh, this is body count number two. Okay. Well, the chorus is just straight up, hey, congrats, you're burning up into ashes. I don't know why the song doesn't work for me. I don't. I, maybe it's the car. I like the opening. Da 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 da. Like the the singing on the opening is good. Like na 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 na. It's like a very common simple pop rock tune. But a lot of the I I, I, I this is one of the records that is like a lot of these pieces. Like the piano should work for me. Some of the vocals on this should work for me. And I just don't. And I don't know why. I think it's just like there's no, um, there's no flash to it. There's no. This is very straightforward, and the voice is not particularly memorable. Like I, a lot of people criticize, like say that Andrew McMahon sounds whiny or whatever, and we did in the last episode. I don't think he sounds that whiny on this record. I think it's fine. It's just not elevating the music in any way. And same for a lot of the instrumentation, like. Yeah, the guitar goes a bit harder on this, but it's one of those cases where none of the pieces are really elevating the song in any way. Like, they're all doing their job, and it's fine, uh, and, like, I can listen to this and not be angry. And, like, like I, I have in my notes here that nah, the backing guitar nah. gives it more guts than at the other songs so far, but almost afraid of actually carrying through with that. Mm-hmm. It's like... This song was whiplash for me because it kicks off with, yeah, as we said, actual guitar work. It's the hardest the guitar player has been this whole time. And then the first lyrics are immediately condescending to you, which is great, dick. Piece by piece and bit by bit, I'll break this down for you real slow. Like, Fuck off, like, buddy. Mate, if you think I need help getting through your lyrics, just... Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Take a look in the mirror. Yeah. The next celebrity box boxing match will be Andrew McMahon versus Sable. Gonna When was the last celebrity boxing TV match? Did a whole I, series. I don't know. I'm sure that Logan Paul did something or whatever. No, I think he's in UFC now. Okay. I, I, yeah, MTV did a whole series yeah, of the celebrity deathmatch. You know a lot of things about pop punk, actually. Uh, and a very <laughs> terrible PS1 game. Oh, was, it, was the game bad? Oh, God, yes. What was the roster in the game? I mean, who, who would ever know? Because I can't believe they got the rights to many people to use in that game. The following characters are playable in the game. Anna Nicole Smith, Buster Rhymes, Carmen Electra, Carrot Top, Cindy Margulis, Cousin Grimm, an unlockable, Dennis Rodman, Frankenstein, unlockable, Gladiator Nick Diamond as an unlock, Jerry Springer, Marilyn Manson, Mr. T, Miss Cleo, uh, The Mummy, unlockable. I'm noticing that uh, all of the unlocks seem to just be generic horror monsters. All five original members of NSYNC. Ron Jeremy. Shannon Doherty. Tommy Lee. Uh, Johnny Gomez as a wizard. As an unlock. Uh, the Wolfman and Zartax the Alien also unlocks. Okay. Well, that is as miserable as I was expecting. I'm going to be honest. The only one of these that was a surprise to me, because I forgot she was on the show, was Miss Cleo. Yeah, I don't know who that is. Famous TV psychic. Okay. But yeah, uh, Only Ashes is a surprise, and I laughed out loud at the instrumental bridge. It's just such a weird swerve, and it's like, this song was not written for this band. Perhaps not. The bridge, the bridge even, it, it sounded like it was going to tease that the song was going to get good. But no, it was like two seconds of a, two seconds of a garage band loop. And then immediately cuts back into the court. Yeah, it sounds like it's gearing up for a big finale, and then it's like, nope, nope, tripped on my cord, sorry. song when it was uh, I Don't Like Mondays by the Boomtown Rats. As well as a very good cover by Tori Amos. Yeah, this is like the rest of the album so far has been tricking me because this felt like it went on for ages but looking at the actual runtime it's like 30 seconds longer. Uh, Apparently the composition of this song came out of two incidents one of them was rooming with the singer of Newfound Glory on tour and the two of them discussing true crime, which is how we get the verses about 
a woman murdering her husband and family. So once again, body counts, spoilers. And then the chorus comes out of the singer just getting high on mushrooms and writing it's me and the moon on a paper over and over while tripping. And he thought, that's such a great phrase. I'm going to work it into a song. It is a good phrase, though. And it sort of works. Like, I like the chorus. is one of the better chorus. And it does the falsetto thing that I like. Um, <clears throat> the piano has a Vanessa Carlton vibe in this song, which I don't hate. Like, the piano. I like the piano riff on this song. The verses are mildly insufferable, but not as much as the other. I don't know. This is one of the songs that I think could have been a single. This does sound again. This sounds does sound sort of Vanessa Cartony. Does sound like music that was on the radio at the time, and it's not great. But this is one of the songs that is like, okay, this works for his voice. I wish it has a harder hitting verse, but the chorus is like catchy, almost mildly. I don't know. And yeah, it's me and the moon. She says, blah, 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 blah. it's a good. It's good. Like. You know, we can make fun of how they got to it, but yeah, I agree. It's 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 a good sentence. It's evocative in a way. Uh, this is my track of the record. Yeah, well, second for me, uh, or at least tied for first. I, but yeah. I, like this is about That's the good. whole album, but it's specifically pointed out for me in this song that I'm I'm reminded of a very famous limerick. Uh, there once was a young man of Japan whose limericks never would scan. When they asked him why, he said with a sigh, it's because I always try to get as many words into the last line as I possibly can. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also love the violin outro on this. It doesn't drag. It's just a nice little droning off change of instrument. And also, before I did my notes listen for this, we watched Men earlier in the night, so this was a perfect follow-up to that movie. Okay, I don't know what that movie is, but sure. Uh, the director and writer of the Annihilation film wrote another horror movie. Okay, that sounds cool. The Runaway, which is another creepy lyric song. And you would be safe If you fell down the well I would bring you a rope And take all of the pain All the pain All the pain That you hide from me every day If you're missing I will run away Uh, this song is about a partner and this is the anti only ashes if you're missing i will run away i will be the part to you uh and so on and so on you better you better not run uh the facts you this is where you should be with me or i'll bleed so much that you will believe that's pretty fucked up look if i want to listen to a song about uh, a shitty partner in a problematic uh, trying to get back their partner kind of thing. I will just listen to Going to Georgia by the Mountain Goats. You have a Mountain Goat song for everything. I do have a Mountain Goat song for everything. 
The mountain goats have a song for everything. <laughs> the mount, yeah, indeed. Mountain goats did it. <laughs> no, they it's aren't. not my fault if they're the best band ever. Okay, I can't. Yeah, I mean they the are. Runaway, the Runaway is an interesting case because it really is the exact flip of Only Ashes, which was you're terrible and I'm happy to watch you go. And this is you're so wonderful and I'm going to make sure you can never leave. It is the prelude to a murder suicide rather than, oh, my God, Becky, I got out of that relationship and I'm so glad that I was safe. It's, it's the Yandere yeah. to the Sundere. Ooh. The level. Oh my god. Because hmm? by now I know you better than you know yourself is one of the creepiest. And I know what you really need is one of the creepiest. Either way, ever. this is where you should be here with me or I'll believe so much that you won't believe. It's creepier. No, I think my creepiest on the album is on the next track. So let's switch over to Ruthless. Okay, um, this was the, the other single. Yeah, no video. Um, I had heard this one before, which was a surprise, but the instant it started, it's like, oh shit, I know this. Yeah. This is really fun to play on Vib Ribbon for what it's worth. They, Vib they, Ribbon seal of the, the patterns are really. I, I think that's about the best it's gonna get. Yeah. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I don't have anything on this song, Sybil. Please destroy it. Okay. Uh, this is by far the worst way to describe another human being ever. A body full of oxygen. See, that? that's just alien territory. That's like... <laughs> Look, at least, if, at least if it's full of oxygen, it's still alive. The second... No, she's canonically dead there. The second verse is straight up I'm leaving your corpse in the open. The thinning of my skin without the strength to go, the winter setting in to cover you in snow. Ugh. Also, the bridge is just describing how you make an Ubisoft game. And I'll raise towers and climb them, rivers and walk them, oceans to drown in, you won't make a sound in. Well, you gotta update the audio drivers. Ah, Linux gaming. So this one, this one felt like again half of the song was missing. Like the the lyrics, I get context aside, sounded better than the rest of the song, but also nowhere near enough strength to actually pull it off. I think I like this track. I don't think it's a good, but I like this track because it's so weird. This is another case of you need your metaphor license revoked, but everything about it is going off half-cocked like a cop in an action movie? <laughs> it rules. Civil likes cops. You heard it here. 
I like action movie cops. That's fair. If you're telling me you don't enjoy a lethal weapon, I don't know what to say to you. I've heard of it. Never seen it. Okay, well, never mind. I guess I can't bring people around to enjoying media. No, just watch Hot Fuzz. That's that's good. <sighs> you don't like Hot Fuzz? I'm not that high on Edgar Wright's movies as a whole. Aww. I like. I really like Hot Fuzz. I think it's a very funny there, movie. I think Hot Fuzz is the last one that I'll give this is worth watching to, because after that, woof, they fall off a cliff. Uh, speaking of cops, she paints me blue. piano riff on this one. I have nothing else to this say about it. This one gave me a, a full body flinch as soon as like the singing started because it's like oh yeah they get, they don't know how to speak because of the jaw melting. That's right. <laughs> but oof. <laughs> so this starts with the hardest drums on the album and it gets a firm second place to me just because the drummer is going for it this whole time. <laughs> Like, it's hard to rate song me on this one. I'm not a fan. Now, that said, uh, this is a disaster lyrically. <laughs> My favorite part is that apparently the line Atlanta started raining on me, which is already such a weird line. It sounds like you're being peed on by someone that, going that, by Atlanta. That's what I was assuming. That's what I was assuming. What? But apparently... I. But apparently, no. the band decided that they would change this song uh, for live performances whenever the locale they were in would fit the scansion. So, uh, the person who wrote this said they had heard it as Seattle started raining on me and San Diego started raining on me because it would still fit the rhythm of the song. You, you gotta get those cheap pops. Bang, bang. Also. San Diego definitely didn't start fucking raining on you. We're yeah. the drought state. Yeah. It's been raining up here lately, like today even, though. Yep, yeah, we're in the middle of uh, global warming causing weird disasters that are destroying our roads. It's great. Yeah. Fun time. Meanwhile, it is currently around 8am and 30 degrees Celsius. Wow. Yep. It was nice knowing you. Rip. To be fair, it is summer down there instead of winter. Uh, not anymore. Really? Okay. You switch into fall? Uh, no, autumn, because we're refined and we actually know words. <laughs> Shame. Look at this fancy pants. Shame. You can kick 
You can kick the Brit out into a colony, but you can apparently not break them of their snobbishness. <laughs> to be fair, Altrum is a superior word than foe. No, it isn't. It's a nightmare of speech, whereas yeah, fall is the word fall. I mean... It's a prettier word. Uh, what is the policy on uh, swear words and things on this podcast? I'll say cunt right now. There, you're good. <laughs> um, because I've heard the Australian accent is just what happens if you take someone from England and get them to say fuck it's hot over generations. Yeah, that works. It's just an eventual degrading, degrading of speech. Because it's like, fuck, it's hot, fuck, it's hot, fuck, it's hot. The yabba. There we go. It is fucking hot. Break myself. Next song. Oh, no, no. It, uh, come on. I at least want to talk about the continued bad feelings of verse two on She Paints Me Blue. And no young girl was claiming me and naming me. Are, are, are you this, this, this that sentence would only be acceptable if this was a song written from the perspective of a like of a cat in a box um, that's trying to get adopted? Because yeah, I I just hear that and yep. I'm like, uh, good, yes, <laughs> correct. That's as it should be. And apparently this track was written for Andrew McMahon's then-girlfriend. Uh, he was apparently separated from her at the time, but it turns out that they later married, so I guess this worked for her. Separated by choice or like a restraining order? Unknown. Anyhow, break my phones? Yeah. like tied for another song that I sort of like on this record like the the riffs, piano riff at the beginning is sort of like different and ominous and like sort of gothy um, I don't know this this is one of the songs that like I feel it would be so much better if any other band played it like I like the pieces in it but something corporate is just continuously mid and weak uh, but I like the piano riff I think the bridge is where it's a lot more creative than a lot of things on the record uh, and the, the chorus is like butt rocky and you know it's fine again this is one of the songs that like I could see the fundaments of a good song here it's just that god something corporate is like boring 
and they don't really pull it through to 100% here. This is a song for musical theater kids. How so? It just sounds like something a musical theater kid would like. That is fair. It has sort of like Hamilton vibes. Overdramatic teenager energy. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Um, I do like the one, the, the only singular genius annotation on this song for You'd See Me Burning, But the Burning's Turning Smokeless, which the contributor said, much like a person who appears happy on the outside. But holds great pain inside. Thanks, user Lost Causes. <laughs> okay, girl, go off. I, I really did like this one because it was the first time since starting to listen to the album that I was like, man, I should really do my laundry. So I, I stopped it and did all my laundry that had been stinky <laughs> for like a couple of weeks because everything else was much better to do. Laundry thong. Laundry thong. Laundry thong. <laughs> This is the period on the record where I started trying to figure out if this album had a coherent theme other than we're all about to do solo projects because we don't gel anymore. Did it? No. Okay. Yeah. Um, I did actually go looking. That's the, how I found worst, some of the, the comments worst, on their writing. The worst thing is that all of their solo projects just sound like this. Just go listen to their solo project. They haven't improved. It's just this again. Yeah, but you can't call yourself something corporate when you're on an indie label. That's why they had to rename. They called themselves something corporate before they were on a major label, though. That's... You've buried my joke. I did bury your joke. Straight up stabbed it in the neck and left it underneath the snow. The theme of this record is murder, and therefore I murdered your joke. Well, speaking of murders, let's talk about I Won't Make You. I, I haven't bothered reading the lyrics closely again, but that's also creepy, right? Like, that, that's also like, it yeah, gives th- me this creepy is vibes the, without the, the even one there, the just like, closely, No, right? this is actual, maybe a confession rather than disguised as lyrics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the first line of this is, I'm under attack again, my dear. That gives me very... Um, Chads on Twitter complaining about being cancelled vibe. <laughs> yeah, the uh, I, I bury this pen into my veins uh, uh, portion of the lyrics is not good. I don't like that one. Ellie, I think you've ruined my bit because now I'm just imagining Andrew Tate in jail singing this angrily as <laughs> ghosts attack him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. But now the chorus is 7,000 times creepier. I want to feel through you tonight, but I won't make you. I won't make you. Scream my name just one more time, but I won't make you. 
my I want to make you song has people asking a lot of questions already answered by my song. Oh, you don't want to lay you down and taste your lips? This, this song is incredibly horny, which a lot, not a lot of other songs it, on this record it, have. It's a horny murder song, though, specifically. Yeah. The... This is horny, but not appropriately horny. No, no. I don't know if... Speaking of phrases that are definitely skin-crawling, just to lay inside you and know this feeling... Icky, icky, icky. So, as I said, I think this is one that's like, um, should we go and like check police records to see what actually happened? Because this sounds like a dead set confession. <laughs> yeah. Singing I Won't Bake You with my submissive and breedable shirt is really confusing everyone at the band show. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is. <laughs> I should buy one of those shirts, huh? Let me go do that. Let, let's be true this. We have 21 and Invincible. Invincible, I don't mind this. This is this is the poppiest song of the record, and it's like, okay, this is sort of cute. And although I can't relate to it, I was 21 and massively depressed um, when I was 21. So, you know. I can ruin it for you. Go for it. <laughs> uh, the line at the end of the first verse, no one makes fun of me because I can't stand up for myself was apparently originally no one makes fun of me because I cross my legs like a girl, but everyone made Andrew change this. Good! Uh, Good! Mm. Yep! Mm. Good! Mm. There's, a, there's a lot about that one line change that really makes this song take a different tone. Also, this is the one that uh, Ellie mentioned earlier that was Some Days Go By, I Wish I Were Famous, or Maybe Religious. You know, they they, they, they should have cut that line and switched to Christian Rock. Would have been more successful. Also, I wish I could cross my legs that way. I'm too fat for that. My, my tights are too thick. Same these. And they alert the guards when I walk. Ugh, <laughs> are you dummy thick, you Ellie? You here first, folks. Uh, as opposed to me, who's just dummy comma thick. Ellie is, canonically, dummy thick. <laughs> I've got an ass that just doesn't quit, and it's only started to split genes since I took HRT. We should probably talk about the second verse as well, because this is definitely one of the most fraught lyrical tracks on the record. I've got a girlfriend, she tells me she needs me, and she loves me, we'll probably get married, oh no, and everyone will bite their tongue so hard they bleed. When my mom hears this song, she'll tell me I'm crazy, and she'll say to me, son, you're much too young, go have some fun, don't waste your youth like I did. Hey dude, what the fuck? Is that problematic? I'm... Hey dude, what the fuck? I don't think that... Is it? 
I don't think it's problematic. I think it's got a lot of issues to unpack. I mean, it does, but who didn't have a lot of issues to unpack at 21? Just storing in, like, the deep storage. You are unpacking I mean, either, them. but you know. Yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot about that, which is such a swerve from the rest of the songwriting on this record. And I think it's the first time that anyone's parents have existed. <laughs> it's weird. Well, I mean, there was that father for a little bit in Me and the Moon. Mm-mm, fair. But that wasn't parents. That was a husband and wife. Anyhow, we have one last song, and my only note for the next song is just to know. So let's go to Miss America and please everyone else but me talk about this song. Stars were coming out in waves And I miss my Miss America from the Park Hotel But I'm too stoned to call today And when everything you wanted Okay, uh, my instant reaction to this was Oh fuck, Ballad Town But once again In terms of Writing like an alien, I will write this down for you so you can read it. Isn't the burn you think it is, my man? That's just describing how, dare you be how things work. Mm-hmm. Things get written down and then people read them. Good job, you figured it out, bud. Then they in- internalize it into their, their memory and process how words work. Yep. And he repeats that line. Which really should have been the next lines. So often. The final bits that are repeated over and over is, I will write this down for you so you can read it. (laughs) I consider it rather than, you know, carving it in blood or something. That's true. Although we do hear about the blood boiling in his veins and the food he can't keep down. So yeah, Miss America is the canonical end of something corporate as a band, and it's a weird maudlin ballad that doesn't really hit everything. And from my limited exposure, it sounds like, yeah, no, that fits. Mm -hmm. This is the last we ever hear of them, and by God, it sounds like it. Ellie, did you see what some of the international versions of this record came with. No, do you want to tell us about it? On the Japanese and British versions of North, they covered Bjork. Oh shit, I need to listen to this now. Go look for Unravel by Something Corporate. (sighs) I need to listen to this now. (laughs) Why, Why do Pop Bang keep covering Bjork? Because everyone thinks that they can show a woman how it's done. That's sad. that's true and sad. Wait, there's a video uh, for this? No. Wait, there this, is. This might be a still. A video. This is gonna be a still. It's a still image. Okay, never mind. I was gonna say I definitely didn't see a video. Because it's like I'm looking at the listings, and it's like this broken heart, watch the sky, and unravel. 
you got um, one on the Japanese, one on the British, yes. and Unravel was on both. Oh yeah. Whereas I assume the the Australian release got a Rolf Harris cover or something. <laughs> Tiny kangaroo down sport, <laughs> except in the worst way possible. Oh, this is really, really Maybe bad. Maybe literally, I don't know. This is very bad. I'm not listening to this. Oh yeah. This is not a band that can cover homogenic era Bjork. Unravel is such a good song. Like you've got <laughs> you've got the weird off kilter voice and everything sounds alien and odd and it's clearly like an anti pop song. And this just like flattens it out. Just flattens that Look, song. At this out. point I'm not God. convinced that something corporate could do an adequate cover of something corporate. <laughs> Fair. That that is very much fair. Same song, different chorus. Well, this makes me sad. So, final thoughts about this record. I'm gonna start. It's better than the previous record in that it did not make me incredibly angry aside from this Bjork cover which is like wow please stop um but no no this is like a two out of five for me this is bad this is something that I would never listen on my own there are a couple of tracks that are some good ideas but aside from that this sounds like every other pop band, like pop rock alternative band of the time and it doesn't do it particularly good if you're into this shit Go listen to Jimmy Edward, like Futures and uh, Bleed American are very good records and way better than this shit. Even, even fucking the early November that we did like last month was better than this. Like I like, I don't think the early November was way more coherent and way less creepy than whatever this is. I think as a whole, this album is a real improvement over the last one. There is something to a few of these, but Something Corporate was one of the tr the bottom three of our podcast for a reason, and it was the absolute pitch-perfect blending of terrible lyrics, uninspired performance, and complete collapse of creativity and this time everyone but the singer has decided to dig themselves out of their own hole can't wait to see what his solo project looks like i i expect it to be more of this and i'm not looking forward to it i yeah 
I'm not listening to it before we get there since we are covering it, but I do wonder. Uh, look, I can honestly say it is the absolute best something corporate I've ever heard. <laughs> but it, it's like if all the tracks were going to sound the same, they should have just tried to do like Nonagon Infinity by King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard and make them all one song. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like too far removed from the type of life and experience that they're trying to convey because this all sounds very weird and basically alien to me. <laughs> we don't often have the discussion, are you being peed on lyrically? So, you know, that says a lot about something corporate. So this was an episode. You can find us at always on our website, getoutofthistown.com. You can email us at our mail, getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us everywhere on iTunes, on Apple Music, which is the same thing. No, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts is the same thing as iTunes. Um, on Spotify, on whatever, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Not on YouTube. YouTube doesn't do podcasts yet, and I cannot be bothered putting it on YouTube. Um, yeah. That, 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 uh, what are we doing next week? Do you have anything to plug, El? Uh, yes. So, uh, in 1965, some group of Londoners got together and created a band called Pink Floyd. <laughs> Go on. Do they have a band camp? <laughs> Probably not, to be honest. They do not. They definitely do not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well played. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure they're doing some indie festival soon. <laughs> well, you can probably still buy the vinyls at least. You can get the vinyls, and they have a very good box set. <laughs> they just had remasters recently. But no, um, you can find me online at uh, shards at kind.social because Twitter is a hellscape. Uh, check this out, a uh, podcast uh, available wherever podcasts are podcasts. And if you see me around, no, you don't. And you can always find me on Twitter at ACC the Moon and on co host at Actually the Moon. And if you want to support us, we do not have a Patreon, but I hope that on my 40th birthday we will do a reunion show. Goodbye! Thanks! Say